0: My first experience with therapy began with hypnotherapy in 2016. I did it about three times over the course of a couple of years, but for some reason, because the experience was so different to just traditional talk therapy, I didn't ever really consider it as traditional therapy. Then in 2019 into 2020, I was gently, and not so gently, being pushed in the direction of traditional talk therapy. And initially, I refused. I claimed I could do it on my own. I said, quote, I don't want to be the type of person that goes to therapy. I said things like, I've handled things like this before in my past. I'll do it again. This was certainly a more naive version of myself. I tell you this because I want you to understand how anti-getting help I was, as when most people hear me speak about therapy these days, they assume I've always been pro-therapy, however it was quite literally the opposite. Hypnotherapy to me was out of necessity. It was something I never would have considered, but I just wanted to be in a better place. CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, that I began in late September of 2020, was also done begrudgingly. However, now, Now that I've been in therapy in and out for over a year, To say it's been life-changing is an understatement and I really don't say that lightly either and it's taught me an unbelievable amount of lessons and in today's episode I want to go through the three key lessons that immediately come to mind when I think about what it's taught me and what it continues to teach me to this day and I hope that my experience and sharing this with you will help you if you're considering it as well. So number one is that you have no idea how the younger version of yourself internalized and understood the things that your adult brain can now rationalize. This was a big one because it's something I never really realized and hopefully it will help you as well once you understand the concept. So when you were younger and you went through certain situations, you dealt with it with the skill set that you had emotionally, right? When you were six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old or whatever age you were, even for your teen years, you dealt with the certain circumstances that came with the emotional understanding and intelligence that you had at that point in time. Considering you were a child, you might have had a good amount of emotional awareness, but that's going to be nothing compared to an adult who's done the work, who understands life, has a little bit more experience, and also doesn't have to rely on people who are older than them for survival. That's part of what your parents and the adult figures in your life are there for. We are not self-sufficient as children. We rely on them for food water, shelter, protection, safety, love. And what we've got to recognize here is if you have an argument with say your parents or your grandparents or your uncles, your aunties, the elder figures in your life as an adult, or maybe you don't even have an argument, you just see that they're a bit distressed and they're a little bit upset. You can rationalize that and say, okay, they're just having a bad day or something's happened or I've upset them, they've upset me, but we're going to get over this. As a child, you're not aware of that. Let's say that you do do something that accidentally upsets them because you've spilt food all over the place and they react emotionally because of they're human and sometimes that happens you are going to internalize that in a very different way because of like i said you are relying on them for your existence fundamentally they are the most important people in your life and it doesn't mean that your parents and your elder figures are not the most important people in your life later down the line but you can understand it a little bit better you've got a better emotional toolkit and when we look back on certain situations in our lives we look at it through the lens of our rational adult self and I have conversations with people all the time they say "Oh, you know what was your childhood like you know and they point out a few situations and they're like oh this happened this happened or I had a wonderful childhood and then they say something and it sounds quite dysfunctional it sounds quite traumatic even yet they just told you that they had a wonderful childhood and it's great that they've been able to rationalize that they've been able to park that in their past and move forward however I guarantee you they did not have that emotional toolkit when they were much more much younger and therefore we have no idea how our younger selves internalize certain things and therefore we might not even see something as an issue even though it might be affecting us to this day so it's so important that we look back on certain things that maybe don't go so well in our life right now maybe we pick bad partners maybe we get angry at the smallest things maybe we are always going after the wrong person in relationships Relationship seems to be top of mind because that's where some of the trauma does play out later down the line but with that being said, if you find yourself doing those certain things, I guarantee you can link it back to something that happened in your childhood, which you may have rationalized, but you did it with your adult mind. And sometimes it can be very valuable to revisit that, understand what it looked like through the lens of your childhood self and then get to grips with that and accept it for what it is and obviously do the work to go through that. So with that being said, that is number one. Number two, to deeply understand others, you must deeply understand yourself. Us humans have the tendency to sometimes do some irrational things, to sometimes do some crazy things. However, when you start to understand that a lot of this is a byproduct of unresolved trauma as i just discussed and it just plays out and plays out because it never got addressed you start to have a lot more empathy and compassion for other people you start not to look at it for the situation of what it is but you look at it through the lens of ah that person is struggling with x and they might not even realize it they might realize it and they could be working on it let's take for example certain triggers that people have maybe again in romantic relationships or friendships for example someone says something really really small and then the other person blows up and you just can't understand that level of response because of rationally it doesn't make sense but then when you understand ah I've just triggered something that's very very deep and that's on me for you know not realizing their trigger and of course it's on the other person as well however if they don't even know that it's a trigger they don't even know where that emotional reaction is coming from you have to almost offer them some compassion and don't get me wrong you can gently maybe later in a completely neutral scenario point out that that seemed a little bit over the top maybe don't use those words I can't find any better words right now that seemed a little out of character let's say and they might even be able to agree with you and be like hmm, I'm not sure where that came from and then that might be the moment of okay I need to look into this a little bit more and a little bit more and then they might find the root cause behind that and be able to respond in a lot more of a rational way but if you were then to react with their level of reaction because you're like well they are being so irrational and crazy right now I'm just going to shout back at them it's clearly not going to go anywhere productive but once you start to understand yourself and you realize they've just been triggered they've had an emotional response I understand what that feels like I have my triggers as well you can offer compassion you can offer empathy and it's such a better place to come from than reacting with the same level of emotion that they did and my third and final point ties into this quite nicely you can't do it all on your own well you could but you'll probably get to where you want to be much faster with some help. I told you at the beginning, I was naive. I was ignorant. I thought I could do it all by myself. And maybe I could have got far with some journaling sessions some meditation, some deep introspective work. However, I wouldn't have been able to have the same level of insights I do when I have someone talking back to me, when I have someone mirroring what I'm saying, when I have someone challenging certain thought processes that I wouldn't think to challenge. I would have thought, no, that serves me. I don't even need to think about that it probably wouldn't even come into my awareness. However, when you say it to someone else and they are experienced and professional enough to say, hmm, what does that sound like when I repeat it back to you? It can be so, so powerful. And another big aspect of this, which I think is important to say, because I feel that many of us, maybe especially men, will feel the same way, is that if I was to speak about my emotions, speak about what's on my mind, I would feel like a bit of a burden to the people around me. I wouldn't want to dump my heavy emotions on friends, partners, family. I would not want to do that, nor would I feel comfortable doing that. However, when it's a therapist, when it's in a space where that person is completely neutral, you've never met them before. If it's done via Zoom, which all of mine have been done, you're never going to see them in person. You know you have that safe space to just vent, to just dump. And what you don't realize is that probably a lot of that will come out in conversations, in your relationships, in your friendships, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you don't want that to be your only outlet. I know that I don't personally want that to be my only outlet. And instead of allowing that to be my outlet, I just decided to suppress and suppress and suppress And as you can imagine, it didn't end well. So (laughs) I would advise you not to do that and find someone who can listen to you, who can hear you out, who can give you some constructive feedback, but also someone who doesn't play any other role in your life. Because that's a big factor as well. Having them kind of separate from the rest of your life gives you that safe space to explore. And you know that that isn't going to come back and bite you later down the line. And also means that you don't have to dump on anyone else. So that is my reflections on just over a year Therapy so far, and I'm sure that I will have many more. And this is only scratching the surface. I thought I'd share the ones that would be most helpful and also I feel most relevant at this time. And I hope that you can resonate with some of them. And I hope that if you are keen to explore this, then you don't hesitate to reach out. There is nothing wrong with it whatsoever. That's everything from me today, guys. Take care, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. And that was the Simply Fit podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well being.